white and blue. We like to win in style, we've done it for a while. It's better to aim very high, then our football story will echo with glory. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory Season 6, Episode 21. I'm Jack. I'm Abbas. Adam. Welcome back, Adam. And Dan. Dan, two weeks in a row, Dan. There oh. we go, becoming a regular. Um, before we dive into it, Abbas has just had his Facebook account hacked and they've changed all of his page to Arsenal stuff, so good start to the show. How are you feeling about it, mate? Uh, yeah, alright, actually, just trying to sort it out. Can't, I don't have to change my profile back. This is brilliant. Annoying. <laughs> brilliant. Um, opening question then. Favourite thing about Spurs? So I'll put this out on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit. We've had loads of responses. Um, should we go around the room first? Um, Abbas, do you want to kick off? Oh, favourite thing about Spurs? <laughs> I know you do a lot of prep throughout the day for these. Not worst players, thing, so Abbas, favourite thing. Favourite thing. Um, I reckon it's just the whole, like, the sense of family we have around the club at the moment. Um, we're just, we're, there's a togetherness about the club, um, and especially. Yeah, it's just togetherness, and obviously in our in our WhatsApp group where we have bands and disagreements and everything in between. Um, so yeah, it's just the fact that we're a family. Brilliant, love it, Tyndall. Yeah, I suppose for me, it's changed a bit as as uh, as Spurs have carried on with like it used to be because we were underdogs, you know. But I think now it's more about we we're achieving what well, I say achieving success, but we're. We're up there, we're challenging, and we're doing things a different way. We're not buying success, we're doing it through youth, and we're building a solid team base. And I think that, for me, at the moment, anyway, is the, definitely my favourite thing about Sporting Spurs. I love going into games as well, where it's like the opposition are like happy with a point against Spurs. Like Before, like you think back to like the early 90s, or even the early 2000s, and you play these away games, and you'd think, yeah, we're probably going to slip up to Norwich and Villa and all these teams, whereas now we go there and we just smash out a comfortable yeah. win like we've done great I suppose for last year as well it was quite interesting to see a lot of the big money teams you know Chelsea's the Man City's the Man United's falter and the likes of Leicester and us have a go at it and I think it just makes football a bit more exciting for me and a bit more romantic yeah completely agree Dan favourite thing well, the way we're playing it's just the That's energy the correct answer yeah it's <laughs> just the way we're playing the energy we've got it's, I know they compare Liverpool, they always say, but Liverpool, but the way that our team is, it is a unity, it's the family as well. The way we knocked the ball around at the weekend, West Brom are like meant to be one of the best defensive teams in the league. But it should have been six. If Foster weren't in goal, it would have been six or seven, wouldn't it? That was a brilliant just, performance. And the way the boys are all kind of like hearing about Kane, just in the interview after Costa talking about going to China, yeah. he's like, none of us are going to go there. And it's just, that's the sort of thing we're, we're unique to the rest of the league at the moment. Love it. Um, like I said, I put these questions out on all our social media pages. Um, so we've had an array of responses. I'll just quickly read through some of them. Um, first up, Van, friend of the show, of course. Um, so his favourite thing about Spurs is the podcast slash group of people. Get another correct answer. So <laughs> lots of love from us there, Van, for that one. Um, Stato, his favourite thing about Spurs is winning gloriously like on Saturday. So quite similar to yours, Dan, uh, I think there. Uh, Dan Hearn, Holiday Dan. Um, so one of his favourite things, walking up the steps and catching the first glimpse of the beautifully green hallowed turf. It's like poetry, that. Mm. Beautiful. Um, brilliant. Um, Javad, host of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast, another friend of the show. <laughs> his response was brilliant. So he just said, everything, how long have we got? It's a big part of my life. Friendships have been forged through Spurs. I have peace of mind when I'm at the lane, particularly when I'm in the park lane. Uh, it's home to me, which is brilliant. Um, Chris Carter as well uh, blood of the show actually um, <laughs> one of my family members the hustle and bustle in the streets before the match electric atmosphere of a derby slash big game the excitement of our attack I mean how good is White Hot Lane derby day Arsenal at home Chelsea at home West Ham how good is that it doesn't get much better than that um, Hannick as well another friend of the show so his favourite thing is the community feeling of the club um, so quoting myself when watching games abroad or even in London and then you spot another Spurs fan through the thicket of people um, there isn't that instant bond with a complete stranger you feel compelled to like them how can they be a bad person they support Tottenham <laughs> <laughs> uh, amazing uh, what's not to like the feeling might become sour in the future as we attract more supporters but now there's not a thing I would change that is such a good summary uh, of where we are at the moment West Brom 4-0 absolute demolition a game where we've struggled we haven't beaten at home 
was it for four seasons I think was the stat so there was a lot of talk Pulis but there wasn't a win in five games was there against them but it's I think been quite a while. the main one of memory was last season though wasn't it when they sort of started the uh, yeah. to kill the dream of the the, the league but all right we did them we, we were so good like how many times have you gone <coughs> to them games and it's all like we really could do with an early goal and we don't quite get it and then after an hour it's nil nil and it's getting a bit nervous but we just come flying out the traps and absolutely destroyed them they were pedestrian weren't they? at the back they were all over the shot it was it was well when the first goal went in I was like here we go I was relieved when the first goal went in but we'd already had a couple of chances before then they just they were just torn apart I think Foster came out and said we were the best side they've played this year or this season and he had an amazing game Foster as well yeah. like he pulled off probably four or five certain goals yeah. you think that's definitely the two in, saves yeah. from Jan were very good weren't they yeah. in the corner yeah he had an unbelievable <coughs> game but I think it was Kane after the game said that that's probably our best performance under Pochettino which is a pretty big statement Bear would mm. be Chelsea the week before and we've had other huge victories but that was just complete domination from yeah. the first minute to the last. They, what, they didn't even have a spell, West Brom. No. Not even five no. minutes where you thought, oh, hang on, they might they might nick one back for 2-1 or something like that. We just... Well, Phillips, Phillips had a shot, didn't he, second half, I suppose. It was, it was about <laughs> it. All I can remember <laughs> yeah. from him. But uh, he's a dangerous player. But they yeah. didn't have a shot on target. They had about game. 65 no. seconds um, after kick-off, second half, <clears> when they had, I think it was a shot you're referring to, which went just wide. Um, but no, they... They were, they weren't at the races, and we were just excellent. It was so good. I think as well, if you go through the team at the moment, there's not a single player that's not performing at 100. percent Like when they say pick a man of the match, obviously Kane got it because he scored a hat trick. It could have been anyone. Yeah, every single player. I mean, the only one that did nothing was Hugo. He must have just had a cold afternoon. He was just stood there for the whole time. Kane was bang on it though, wasn't he? By far his best game of the season. Just from minute one, when he saw his touches, and they were all going right every shot he had was either going towards the post or the corner he was in it to, and I feel like he, a good game. I feel like he knew that West Brom were there for the taking it, it was one of those games where he could really fill his boots and it was unlucky he's unlucky to get three actually he could have got five or six yeah. and when you've got a talisman who's on fire like that who's, who, you just want to give him the ball and when you've yeah. got that midfield that we've got that's fluid and, and fast it really just gives the opportunity to say right give the ball to Kane or put it in the channels and he's going to chase it up yeah, the formation's perfect. Like it does fit perfectly, doesn't it, for the same I think as well with Kane, like he seems to have kicked on to another level where he's scoring consistently, but he's getting at least two goals in these games. He's got, I think, it's like four hatchings for us now. So like he's taking it to a new level where he's not just getting one; he's destroying these smaller teams on his own. Mm. And you think about it, it's not necessarily the goals last season; his performances were brilliant. But now he seems to have that real ruthlessness, like like you said, Abbas. They're there today. I can get my goal tally up. I mean, he's one goal behind Costa and he missed seven weeks. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and he wasn't, for the, a lot of the time he started the season, he wasn't on top form, let's be honest about it. I mean, you think of the, about, look at the Champions yeah. League and I think if we had had Kane last night in the Champions League games where he just inspires mm-hmm. the team, it would have been a different results. But he's here now. <laughs> he was knackered after the Euros. I actually think that, that injury probably helped him. Yeah. Looking at it, how he's come back. Do we think that's the main difference between... Because at the start of the season, you think Kane wasn't quite on it. He wasn't scoring. Ali wasn't there. Like, like what's, what's changed? Like, What's caused this amazing run of performances and results? Like, is, it, is it just time? Uh, we've, we've got all our key players playing now in uh, one particular time where previously we had either it was Dembele out or Toby was out or Kane was out but now everyone's playing we've got we've got we've got you know the four core players in Hugo Toby Musa and Kane and you know we're just starting to gel now I've, I've, and I'm I'm quietly optimistic about City on Saturday which we'll get on to we'll come on to City well, in a bit a lot of the team I think this is where all our fitness comes into like you've got to take into account over Christmas so many games Every team we played looked tired players. Yeah. Every team, and then Chelsea had no answers for it. I don't. Know, I think this is part of the season where we actually kick in. Like last year, we started storming it around this time. Yeah, and it's such a key point of the season. I remember Ferguson used to talk about it, didn't he? December, January was like as long as you're sort of within ten points. Yeah. End of November, you have a good sort of two months. You can be right in the thick of it. 
Um, but the home form's been absolutely insane. I mean, we've got the best home record in the Premier League, followed by Chelsea and then bizarrely Burnley <laughs> in third. But I mean, it feels like the lanes are fortress again. Yeah. Like, I think back to maybe the AVB days where... Or maybe like, even, even under Potter's first season, we weren't necessarily great at home. And we, we were probably better away from home than mm. we were at home. Um, away, away form has been patchy. Would you would you call it patchy? Apart from the last couple of games where we've demolished uh, Watford and we had the two defeats, didn't we? But I mean, most teams are going to probably lose at Chelsea or United. So I mean, I think even the away form's been pretty good. I think for for me, it's the defensive solidarity, isn't it? And playing those Wanyama plus even Musa or and or Dyer, because you look at the start of the season, we were not necessarily smashing it up but we were getting too many draws was the big mm. thing wasn't it we were thinking yeah. we need the three points not the one and I think now that that <clears throat> the midfield can trust the defence and the and that solidarity it's they're just realising they can run riot and I think that was shown on Saturday because they did just they had the bit between their teeth from minute one and they were like we're not just going to win this game we're going to impress and smash it up and I think it's just so exciting and fun to watch isn't it yeah and I think yeah, sorry, sorry, mate. Go on. No, go on. Go on. I was going to say we're currently sixth away from home um, in the league. So we've got Chelsea, who've got 25 points from 11 games. Liverpool got 22 from 12. Arsenal and City have got 21 from 11. And then you've got United on 20 from 10. And Spurs have got 16 points from 10 away games. It's not too bad. We've had like, we've had a few trickier away games and we bigger games. City being the next one coming up. But I think Adam, your point about the defensive side of the game, like. You just believe when you go into any game, yeah, the opponent won't score. Yeah. So I genuinely believe if we if we were playing Barcelona, we'd be confident. Yeah, we can we can shut them out, which is mental, it's, <laughs> absolutely it's mental. It's amazing how we got that balance. And we're saying how well we're attacking, yet yeah, we're just as solid at the back. And not many teams can do both. At the moment, we've we've got the best defensive record in the league, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is Spurs we're talking about as well, like a team that just could never. We'd do well to not concede two in games, like historically. It's mad that we're rock solid at the back now. Well, if you had said a couple of seasons ago that we're going to play a back four almost and two holding midfielders, you'd have been laughed out of White Hart Lane. But that seems to me to be the recipe for the success: the fullbacks pushing forward. It's, it's all coming I think, together. I think we look we look best with them wing backs at the moment, don't we? Like um, Rose and Walker bombing yeah. on. Like there's been a lot of talk on Sky Sports News about them. Um, it's like there's probably not a better fullback pairing in Europe. Like they might be better individual players, but as a a pairing, they're just they're so, There was a great interview as well before the West Brom game <laughs> with the two of them, where they were talking about each other's game. And Rose actually saying that he thinks Walker's a better fullback, which is quite interesting. Um, that, that was, was really good. That was a really good. It. That was a really good interview with both of them on, uh, on Sky Sports. Who, like, who, who's the better player? Do you think out of the two? I'd go. I'd go Rose, Rose. marginally. Interesting. Uh, I I feel like he's got less of a mistake in him than Walker has. But then Walker's got more pace, and he's probably more. And he's probably assisted more as well. Uh, he has. Yeah, he's, he's top assister in Europe, isn't he? At the back, or definitely in the league. Yeah, he's got something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've been impressed with Rose's delivery, though. Like he could have that first chance came missing, just went past the post. That ball in the box was awesome. That was after about a minute as well, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, just picking up on on the rivalry, not the rivalry between the two, but the competition between the two, where Rose said that he thought Walker was the best, so he's comparing himself to Walker, and Walker thinks exactly the same of Rose. Mm. So it's only going to spur them on to be better than each other, and that that's just going to benefit us. It's not just those two either. That's part of having a young team, isn't it? Because you're taking the ego out of the whole thing. If you look at Man United and you said the same to Ibrahimovic about Rooney, he's going to say, well, I'm the best because I'm the best. Mm. He has to say that because he's he's built his career on ego. Mm. Whereas if you've got a young, exciting team, they're, they're, they're friends as well as players. So that, that camaraderie shines through. And I think that it's the same if you said that to Dyer or Wanyama. They probably class yeah. themselves as just as good as each other, so they're competing for that spot, which means that they're going to give it 100%, 100%. I think part of that's like the humbleness that Pochettino's brought as well. Like he's changed not only the way we're playing, like the players are bringing in, but the whole feeling of the club. I remember, I can't remember what newspaper it was, did a big article on Pochettino, went to the training ground and went to him and said how like respectful the whole club was and that. If you're, a, if you're a new person that's not been there and you're in the canteen, 
everybody has to go over and introduce themselves and say hello. It's little things like that. And I think that's reflected because I think a few years ago you'd probably associate Rose and Walker with probably a bit of an attitude. Yeah, attitude problems, maybe a little bit cocky, um, not quite backing it up on the pitch. But now it's the, it's the complete opposite. And to see a change, this is what I love about Pochettino so much, the change he's made on and off the field in three years. Remarkable. I've mentioned this on the pod many a time, so I'm going to do it again. I will never forget when we lost 4-0 at Anfield and you had Superyan at the beginning of the game, like, legs up against against the wall, just not caring. Yeah. And if you look at the difference now in the two and a half, three years that Posh has taken over, it's ridiculous. I mean, players now give a shit. Players now are proud to play for Spurs. And... I mean, what more could you? What more could you want? You can want more. That's the thing, isn't it? Because it's all well and good as waxing lyrical about the atmosphere and the way we're playing, which is great. But would we swap it all for not playing well and winning a double? It, it, success mm. is judged by trophies, and we're not going to be an. We don't want to be an Arsenal where we success is finishing the top four. We're past mm. that now. Success has to be judged on trophies and, and winning, and I think that. That's the next step. And I think if they have to inject a bit of nastiness, and we've got that nastiness. You look at all of our players, they've got that ability to to bite back and that competitive attitude. So I think that that's the next step of making it from being a great bunch of mates who are playing amazing football to actually knowing, like, believing they can win. And I don't think last year they did believe they can win. I could think it was almost a, a situation where it was a bit, well, we're, we're here now, we could win it. And we, we did fluff our lines a little bit. Um, and I think I mean, we'll learn from that. It would be interesting to see how we react if we were in a certain situation with, say, five points behind with four or five games to go and how we'd go about and see if we have actually learned. I feel like we have, but it would be nice to see it in, in practice. Well, it would be nice to be ten points clear with three games to go. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't it? Take that, wouldn't <laughs> we? Um, I think what you were saying as well about... like we can aim a lot higher. Eric Dyer did a really good interview after the West Brom game and he said it would be a crime to football if this crop of Spurs players don't win a trophy. So they clearly all know that it's not just about being this exciting young team. We've got to back it up, get the FA Cup and the Premier League in the cabinet by the end of the season and we'll all be pretty happy. Um, The only sort of downside to that West Brom game was obviously Vertonghen coming off injured, which looked like quite a bad one. we're still waiting really to hear how long he's going to be out for but I mean if he's out for a long time like what do we do Dan do we do we put Vimmer in does Ben Davis go in there do we go back to a four well, it was this time last year he went out last time yeah. and Vimmer come in and sorry did he come in last time and just took over like, he just he was solid come the end of the season we're like should Van Yang get back in I remember having that exact discussion yeah I, I and if he's going to stick with a three at the back He's got Toby there to shield him, like protect it, you know, and teach him, take mm, him through games. Like, and not only Toby, but you've got the insurance of Wanyama and Dembele as well. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't. I actually think he's a decent player. I think like, he's to come in, like, yeah. I don't. I don't see it being. In I have. I have questioned him. He's seen him a couple of times this year, haven't we? And he's. I don't know whether it's because it's a one-off appearance for Vimmer, but mm. he's just looked nervy, and his distribution hasn't been so good, but. You're right. Last season, he nailed it, didn't he? When he's asked, when he was called upon, he nailed it. I think he's played. A, I know what you're saying. I, I agree. I think he's been when he's been in the team, he's been in a rotated team. Yeah. If he'd come into that team last weekend that just battered West Brom, I'm pretty sure he'd be more confident on the ball. And I think, mm. fingers crossed, touch wood. You know, this weekend after the way City played against Everton, if we play like we did against Brom, mm. we should. You know, that should ingest. Inject, uh, I don't think we would play that way away from home. I think naturally he, he sets up the team differently and he'll look to play on the break with the fullbacks more. But I think for me against Man City, I would play Ben Davis if 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 Verts is injured. I'd, I'd go Ben Just Davis. Just because you've too. got you look at the Man City who you're up against, you've got lots of tricky mobile players, and I think Ben Davis has played that role for Wales well in the Euros, and I think he's a lot more mobile and fast. If you've got Aguero up against Vimmer, he's going to fancy his chances to turn him and well, squeeze Vimmer, in those shots. He played against Arsenal and then Sanchez and people like that pace. Mm. He struggled a bit in that Arsenal game as well, didn't he? But it's it's so difficult being a centre back and coming in for like you were saying, coming in for a game. Like 
you can't the only sort of thing you can do in a one-off game as a centre-back is not get noticed that's probably the best compliment you can give to someone it's quite a tough position for him to come back into um, but what you're saying on City let's move on to it I mean is, is it the right time to play City a lot of people are saying they're a wounded animal and they're bound to fight back but I mean the way they're defending you'd think surely with Kane and Ali on fire there's definitely goals in it for us I mean what would, would you take a point would you be happy with a draw um, normally I'd say yes but like I, I think they're definitely taken um, they got absolutely taken to the cleaners by Everton who, who were to be fair quite clinical um, and yeah no I see we won there last year um, oh we certainly did <laughs> that was brilliant I remember that and you know we beat them at home this season and so we won three in a row against them 4-1 2-1 one, one, and 2-0 we've got quite we're, a good we're turning into their bogey side for sure yeah um, so no I, I wish we can go for it I mean it would be nice if we be able to put a bit of pressure on Chelsea um, yeah go there, go there for the win come away with a draw if needed but Go going looking for the win rather than going for the draw and hopefully I mean first 10-15 minutes would be really important if we can get an early goal like mm. there's a thing with the West Brom game where you know they had it looked like they're playing 10 behind the ball and just for yourself if you get an early goal they'll be there for the taking and I, bl- I think cities are going to be exactly the same way because that's going to that's going to get them coming out and playing against us and it will work to our favour I think that's a really good point and a few, a few other points as well that people have wrote in so again going back to Van saying it's a massive game beware the wounded warrior but potentially so much disarray there isn't a better time to play them if they have a high line against us Kane and Ali could run right which I think is really because they do gamble at the back did, a lot did, don't did they did they play three at the back yesterday was they, it a free fight? What was it? Was they, that, is that Blair in midfield? What was going on? They seem, <laughs> they seem to change their system and their personnel pretty much every game, so it's quite difficult. Okay, to Kane and Ali and Eriksen will be looking at Man City game and think, licking their lips because their defence is in disarray and their big name players to do it against as well. Stones, mm. fifty million. It, it, they will really fancy their chances against them. Mm. The danger is is the other end, isn't it? Is, yeah. is Aguero and Just keeping De Bruyne them four quiet, yeah. isn't it? Because did Van Van did he hand play against um, did did he hand play um, the first game when we won 2-0 who yeah. was out yeah I think he yeah did. no he played in that game yeah. Kane was out because some played up top didn't they and we absolutely battered him mm. I, I, I got asked a question. I'm always cautious in these times type games because you you never know it turns out if City are clinical if Aguero's clinical then it, you know then we're in trouble because they will but, get chances but yeah, you expect them. Well, and yeah, you would expect them against us. You normally would, but Chelsea can get a sniff today. Like that has had one has had one chance and didn't do anything else. I get what you're saying. It's if, if you've got Sterling, De Bruyne, Silva, Aguero going forward, mm. it's yeah. It, it's if they're on the song, then yeah. it's going to be a threat. But they're someone at home asked as well, me today. They? They're at home. One of the guys asked me today was saying, off the back of last weekend, if you if it wasn't Spurs and you got Arsenal going to that city. Having, and they've just demolished Brom, West Brom and City lost Evan. you'd be saying Arsenal, this is a perfect game for Arsenal to mm. play City so if you're looking at it from outside of being a Spurs fan yeah. a guy yeah. Yeah. if you're a neutral you're like this is there for Spurs yeah. to take it and it, it, this is a big opportunity for us to land, lay a marker down so if we are going to win the league this is a game oh, we've huge. got to win because also if we don't win the other the teams around us have got pretty three point fixtures if you ask me mm. so we could end up in fourth after all this talk about being the form team and playing well we could end up in fourth at the end of this weekend that's how tight it is at the moment I mean Statley made a really good point on this as well so he said we won there last season we go in no fear Davis or women can comfortably slot into back three though if we only play two it's diet and Toby for me so I mean I think it's another marker of like how far we've come we go into these big away games and like years gone by we'd just be well happy to not get hammered Really, when you probably would have taken a one 0 years ago, but now we go there thinking, yeah, we can definitely win. Um, it's going to be a great game, to be honest. I mean, what about um, Torre versus Wanyama? That's a bit of a and Dembele, a meeting well. of the greats in the mid- great mountains in Giants, the middle, isn't it? In the middle, that, I mean, there's going to be so many key battles, isn't there, over the pitch? Yeah. You think if them two can win that battle, and if we keep Aguero quiet, De Bruyne and Dembele as well, that would be. So he's been, he, he was imperious on on the weekend. A lot, of, a lot of people, I know we're Tottenham fans, so we tend to look into our players a lot more and know Dembele's skills, but there's a lot of independent fans who've come 
come to me and said that Dembele, they're really starting to notice him now. Um, and like, he seems like one of them players, like if you're not a Spurs fan, you probably think, I'm not really quite sure what he does. Yeah. But then when you speak to Spurs fans, everyone is like, no, Dembele. And all the players, didn't they, in their interviews say, Dembele is the best player at the club. Beast. He was taking the ball in some positions at the weekend, I was like, with his back to a player in a dangerous situation, the guy's come through the back and trying to hit the ball. He's like, just like, shield him off, push him off. Like a spin move. Like yeah, that. it was just like a normal play. If that was someone else, you'd, you'd lose possession. It's easily. like watching a grown man in like an under 11s game and he's yeah. just like moving people out of the way of ease. But these are like big, strong players that he's This is West Brom as well, who like proper yeah. Quite a physical team, aren't yeah. they? But he's so quick, like, because when it comes to a point where Ericsson has a little run or. or or when Yama goes forward and they look either they look firstly look up to see if there's a through ball, but then immediately the next thing is where's Dembello? Because he's your go to man, he's yeah. he's your safe pair of hands and he he holds it so well. I'd like to talk about Ericsson as well because I think we all put him gave him a bit of stick, didn't we, towards the start when his contract was there was talk, weren't there, is he gonna sign it, isn't he? He signed it and he has gone on to another level. The last five, six games he's been it's, quality. I'm I'm more than happy to admit it. That I was one of those people. Um, so can you say that again? <laughs> but it's, it's nice because it, I was talking about him moving on to that next level and becoming what Coutinho is for Liverpool, and he is becoming that. He's, he's getting goals, he's getting assists, and he's influencing games in a big way. And that's exactly what Coutinho has done for Liverpool over the last two, three years. And Ericsson does it in peaks and troughs, um, but now we're finding some consistency with him, and it's no, it's not a coincidence that he's now performing and all of a sudden Kane's getting hat-tricks and, and playing well and Ali's getting goals and it's all coming from Ericsson. Ericsson's not scoring that many goals though. He still, he still he had, could up he his had, goal ratio. <sighs> he hasn't scored a free kick this year, has he? Yeah, he's he's scored scored almost two yeah he hasn't scored for ages a free kick. Um, well, like, why, why then do we think his performance have got so much better? Is that, is that the system? Was it the contract stuff distracting him? Like, like, what do we think is the actual reason behind it? The team... It's often when he when he's playing well, the team plays well. I don't think there's a coincidence there, but I think having like Harry back as well, who's a you know he's a good target man to play off. He's just like our engine room for creativity, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. And that, that and when all the players are swarming over to him, it gives Ali space to do his stuff. And I just think now they've got to worry about him and Kane's runs. I just I think it leaves at least one of the three of them in a lot of space. And I find it obviously with his. The balls he putting against Chelsea. Well, he's got the vision, hasn't he? And yeah. when you look at, I'm bringing it back to, I've got to have some sort of negativity in there. But <laughs> the Champions League for me was so upsetting; it still doesn't out of my mind. And the main thing that stood out about those poor performances was the lack of movement. Now, Ericsson, we know he's got the brains and he's got the creativity to find someone who's making a run, and he can only find people if they're making those runs. And at the moment, mm-hmm. they are. Deli Ali's running his socks off, not just in the right places but he's dragging people with him like you're saying so there's there's people being dragged by Deli Ali and Harry Kane which is leaving space for him to carry that bit more or Moose to push forward so there's so much movement going on that he's got the ability to find players when there is when when teams are uh, 10 men behind the ball sort of thing and they're actually stifling us that's where maybe he struggles to unlock the key or shine because he he hasn't got those people creating those runs for him. And talk about unlocking the defence, that Deli Alley chip pass oh, through to Kane. How I mean how good was that? Van Van wrote in and said that Ali's assist for the third goal is like a goal he scored in FIFA. <laughs> a one and triangle. Uh, I think we have the most balanced squad out of everyone in the league. I even think although we'll miss him, the back three formation means we won't miss Jan as much, which is interesting. But that you're talking about vision, like to have Ali Ericsson, Dembele. He's done, he's done that pass a few times as well, and it actually came off. Um, it was just, it's just it's cheeky, wasn't it's it? Che- it's just the audacity to try yeah. that, like on the edge of a box. I think there's a few things mad. he did that reminded me a bit like Bale on Saturday when he was on the left, particularly in the in the second half, and he was taking on their right back, and he had the midfielder with him as well, and he. Would, commit him and then come try and go through the middle of him. He did it once and nut, nutmegged him and the second time he got fouled. And just you just would not want to mark him, would you? No, and at all. Let's not take any, anything away from his uh, offside goal. The oh, finish that was lovely, that was wasn't it? Yeah, that was a really good goal. Such a good finish. 
Um, here's a hypothetical question for you then. So if you could end the season now, and I'll guarantee you a top four spot, would you do it or would you go on and risk maybe winning the league but then maybe finishing fifth or sixth? Dead air. <laughs> um, oh, that's it's difficult. A, it's a really tough that's one, difficult. Mark, because the top six in the Premier but League at how, the moment... I mean, in all honesty, how realistic is the league? It is. You, it's, uh, the other managers are not waxing lyrical saying Tottenham are title challengers we are title challengers this year we're the best from last year Leicester have obviously not stepped up to the mark we've continued that and we're hoping to go one better and win the title that's the aim they're not going into a changing room saying we're going to finish second we're going to finish fourth they're, we want to win the league and we it is, a, it is an option I think your point there is really interesting being like is it possible if you heard like an Arsenal fan a City fan or a Chelsea fan or a Liverpool fan say that you'd be like what's wrong with you of course it is you're, you're well in the mix so is that we've never really apart from last season been in the mix for it so we sort of have that expectation that we're just sort of up there at the minute just because we're on a great run but actually if you look back over the last two three years we're really really strong side now come close last year closest we've come for a long time mm-hmm. so why can't we but you look at that top six, though, it's pretty much a league on its own. I mean, purely said after the West Brom game that the gap between sixth and seventh will be the biggest in any league ever. And like, how is a team meant to break into that now? Which I think is a really good point because I think ultimately you'd expect all of them top six sides to beat the rest of the league. You'd expect that. You well, get a few draws. Say that. Everton just beat Man City yeah. 4 0. Uh, the, so the, the Premier League stands out for that, isn't it? And on home form, anyone can beat anyone at the end of the day. Not just beat, thrash. Yeah. Well, it's crazy, isn't it? I'm worried about Europe. Yeah. For me. I'm just worried once we get back into bedding into Thursday night football. And then if we're, you know, strolling through in the FA Cup as well, the run of games we're going to have is going to put a strain on us mm. and it's not so much the players it's being able to do all the tactical work behind it because even if you're resting players to go over to Europe the managing, management team and coaching staff have to go over So and they can't think too far ahead about the weekend's games because they're still in Europe and other stuff like that but how many more games is there? because it's, it's, it's the knockout stage now isn't it? so it's oh, is, it last 30, is it the last 32? we're not in the last 16 yet are we? not yet not last no, 16 no. not oh, 32 so two, four, six. Everything's two legs, isn't it? Yeah, but then you think we've Including got semis. We've got a big enough yeah. squad, though, haven't yeah. we? That I, I don't. I actually, I, I get what you mean because the, historically we've struggled playing Thursday, Sunday. Like we just have, but I think we've got a good enough squad now where that actually can be a good thing. Where you won't have players that are on the bench. They're all going to be sharp because if you're not playing on Sunday, you're going to be in the midweek game playing in Europe, and also. The, this stage of the Europa League, like I don't think you get the the mug teams anymore. I don't no. think you get your Sunday League pub side. Like you have to get through your group. Bear in mind, Southampton are a pretty strong Premier League team. They didn't get out of the group. Like West Ham didn't even make it into the group. So it's like yeah. there are there are strong sides. And like you look back, we've actually struggled to get through the Europa League knockout rounds. Not because we're not necessarily taking it seriously, but actually teams. Are, I mean, bear in, we lost to Dortmund last year. So there are there are strong teams. So I've, I'm less worried now that the level in the midweek games is going to really affect the Premier League, which usually it does because you could play FC Sheriff on a Thursday and have to be two out of ten to comfortably win, and then you're at City. And and the thing is, and I know it's a bit this is a bit of a trivial thing, but because now we've sort of got rid of the riffraff, the majority of the teams will be from like Central Europe, so they're not going to be you're not going to be travelling too far out to have a game. The Russians will still be there, mm. which will be cold. <laughs> and the Ukrainians as well, I guess, while we're at it. Any other cold, <laughs> nation, other cold nations are available. Um, but it'll be interesting, Dan, to see what happens when that comes back. Um, the only other point as well where people have been talking about next season is the, the potential worry of Wembley, which is another talking point. I think quite a lot of Spurs fans are split on that at the moment. That some of us think, some of us embrace it and we think it's going to be a really, really good season. Some of us think it could potentially have the West Ham Arsenal effect where you go in and it's quite tough in the first year so is that a worry are we, are we looking forward to that is it confirmed season? confirmed because I know Chelsea have confirmed that they'll be at Wembley next year for their Premier League games have they because yeah. they had the planning permission didn't they yeah I mean there's, uh, as far as I'm aware it's been confirmed I mean I know that our mm. stadium's definitely not going to be ready and 
It was, it was Wembley know. or Watford, I think. Was the Something answer. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Milton Keynes. Check up the Milton Keynes <laughs> Sunday 5.30 for Stoke mm-hmm. So if it's an even or, Wembley, yeah, you take it over <coughs> Watford or Milton yeah. Keynes every day of the week, wouldn't you? I'm just worried about, obviously, White Hart Lane, the atmosphere. We were saying about the atmosphere. Teams are going to have come to Wembley with have a, maybe a different attitude, perhaps. Mm-hmm. They're having a day out of Wembley. Mm. And the fans will get up for that as well. And I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how our boys perform. I, Wembley pitch is, uh, it seems to play slow, mm. yeah, which doesn't suit our style of play. <coughs> it seems quite heavy. So yeah, I don't know. That's my that's my worry. It can't be helped, can it? We've got it. We've got to do it. So yeah, yeah. You just got to make do. Yeah, a bit off embracing it and yeah, and all of it. Just going back to the that hypothetical question I put out, whether or not we'd end the season or not. Now, um, Gareth, another friend of the show, wrote in. Um, and said if we win on Saturday then the title is realistic at least until we get two points from Sunderland and, and Middlesbrough <laughs> he's joking there um, but next weekend is one of those when everyone else in the top four has almost nailed on three point matches like you said mm-hmm. um, so we could be fourth by the end of it ten points off the top and three off second win and by the end of Tuesday 21st we could be second and only four points behind Chelsea knowing they could drop points the next game against Arsenal while we should be beating Middlesbrough um, I think it's just emphasising how tight it is at the moment. Um, but I think that's a really, really good point. But all we can do is focus on our own games, isn't yeah. it? Because yeah. you look at, you see the gap between Chelsea, they've got Arsenal and Liverpool. Coming up. Yeah, yeah after this weekend. So it's, there's potential drops all over the shop. So I think, yeah, as long as we keep our run up, who knows how long we go unbeaten uh, with our win streak even. Yeah. And I think it's just a point of game by game make sure you win don't think two free fixtures ahead don't necessarily think about resting players and all that just make sure you win your home bankers which we've done really well this season and then you can think about the bigger games as and when they come round not oh in two weeks we've got City so we can't afford to drop points this week this week I think that's the best way to approach it it's quite early to talk about the title as well there's a lot of football still to be played yeah Um, feature time this would normally be ASD where he'd run for a player but he's not here um, no baby yet, as far as we're aware. So, so you should be here. So you should, you're right, you're right, you should be here. Not committed to it enough. Um, we're going to talk about Michael Dawson this week. Um, he's a personal favourite of mine. Um, I know a lot of fans quite like him as well, so we've got some, uh, some stats and uh, a run for Michael Dawson's career. So he was born uh, 18th of November 1983 in North Yorkshire, and he started his career at Nottingham Forest in 2001. He made a total of 83 appearances for them, scored seven goals. Not a bad return, actually, Solid, for a yeah, centre half. Um, made his move to Spurs in 2005 with fellow teammate Andy Reid for a fee of £8 million. Remember, Andy Reid loves the cookies, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> um, and he made his debut in a 2 2 draw at Liverpool on the 16th of April 2005. His first goal was a memorable one. Anyone remember it? Chelsea? Was indeed. The equaliser in a 2 1 league win over Chelsea, which was a brilliant header. Yeah, uh, I remember that a little flick on. I think it was. I think it might have been Jermaine Genus whipped the ball in and he flicked it on, didn't he? Sort of, uh, sort I, of near post. I tell you what, I've seen that. a few like Genus's goals recently on, on like Instagram. He's got some good yeah, goals, didn't he? Good player, good player. Um, his first major trophy was in two thousand and eight. He was part of the squad that again beat Chelsea two one to clinch the League Cup. And then he was named captain midway through the 2009-2010 season when Robbie Keane left uh, to join Celtic on loan in January. Sort of blurred that out of my mind, Robbie Keane joining Celtic. Uh, it's always sad when he was captain, though. Yeah, he come back and wasn't quite the same and then don't went to Celtic. Because for me, when, he, when he got given captaincy, it was almost because Ledley King, we sort of realised that he couldn't, yeah. his legs wouldn't handle it, were they? Yeah. Um, so he was, he was a key player in that season and it led him to being included in England's preliminary 2010 FIFA World Cup squad. Uh, initially failed to make the 23-man squad but was called in to replace injured captain Rio Ferdinand. His, probably his best season was 2009-2010 where he was key in guarding Spurs to a Champions League qualification spot, the first one obviously for uh, in our Premier League era. And he part of Ledley King in central defence for most of that season which was what a partnership that was. King and Dawson, that was brilliant. Um, and in total, we made 236 appearances for Spurs, scoring seven goals. And he was definitely a player that all the fans loved. Might not have necessarily been the best centre half we ever had, but you could tell we loved playing for Spurs. And like he just got stuck in, didn't he? He did, and you could just never question his commitment or anything no. like that. And it was just sometimes he just wasn't necessarily good enough, but we sort of put up with that because everyone loved him so much. 
He always gave it the old motivation, come on shout as well. He, didn't he? Did, yeah. He's a, a big game player as well. Like, I remember him like Arsenal, Chelsea, West Ham. He always dug in and gave a really good performance. In. Um, couldn't pass Crossfield though for Toffee. No, he couldn't. <laughs> he tried it a lot though, <laughs> didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he, <laughs> um, he moved to Hull in 2014. Um, he was key in their promotion campaign last season. Um, and a fun fact, he's the youngest of three sons who are all footballers. So Andy Dawson, Knott's Forest, Hull City and Scunthorpe. And Kevin Dawson, Knott's Forest, Barnet and Chesterfield. So he gets an I thought he was related to the West Brom fella as well. Dawson's is... Craig Dawson. Yeah. I think that's just... So doesn't say it on his Wikipedia page. <laughs> so it's, not, it's definitely not gospel. But that's Michael Dawson, um, number 20 as well. Brilliant player. Absolutely loved him. One of your favourite centre-backs, was he? Not really. No? No. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. I, no, he was. I liked him. Good. Brilliant. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant player. Um... Fantasy League update. Yeah, going then. Hannick topping it at the moment. So, game week score 93. So, he's bossing it up there at the moment. Tyndall up to third. Champions League oh, spots. Harry Kane as captain. Dummy well. It's the way to go. Um, Chris Carter in fourth as well. Only way is Brexit. Controversial name there. <laughs> um, and then, to be honest, to find the rest of us, we have to scroll down away. I'm down in 17th. Not bad. Because then you were like 55th three weeks ago. Thanks, mate. Um, elsewhere I mean we're really struggling the regular pod goers I think everybody else is on the second page it's because I spend more time uh, preparing for the pod brilliant of course you do of course you do well one thing I have done in the fantasy team this week is I've taken out all Man City players and I've got my three Tottenham players in there I'm I'm confident preparation for the hiding who did you take out uh, I've got Stones and De Bruyne. Clean sheet and forces for De Bruyne then. <laughs> well, I have, but I've kept in Kane, Ali and Rose. There you go. How about them for a performance? Um, what's our prediction for City? Um, I'm going to I'm gonna go one all. Interesting. I'm going to go one all. To go in front, go behind? Uh, go behind. Character. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Last 10 minutes we'll push on, try and get the winner, when it's not going to happen. <laughs> Optimistic as ever. <laughs> Tyndall, what do we think, City? I think it's going to be an absolute end-to-end scorcher. 4-2, I'm predicting. 4-2. Oh. 4-2, oh. oh. that'd be tasty, wouldn't it, that will? Dan? It's dependent on how well Aguero plays for me, but I think 2-1 us. I mean, I mean, my only concern about Aguero is when he turns it on against us, he literally rips us to pieces. Yeah. We kept him quiet though in the home game. We didn't did. We, so we did. But has he, what's his goal scoring ratio like against us? It's, it's ridiculous. I, I remember four two seasons ago against mm. us, didn't he? There was just one goal I remember him scoring from the edge of the box, and he turned and just it was like a minute gap that he had to score, and he just corner. Mm. Perfect. And I mean, we've, we won there last year, but going back the last, up until Crouchy's winner, those f- that four or five year period, we pretty much got... We were in transition though. So battered. That's, I do look at it like we were a bit all over the place at that point. I remember 6-0 there, a 4-1. 5 There's been a few hardings, but times have changed now, haven't they? So yeah. we can go mm-hmm. into it fearless. Um, the other football news, sad football news from the week, was obviously Graham Taylor. Um, well known throughout the games so that, that was extremely sad to hear that, that terrible news um, there were some really good tributes particularly in the Watford-Middlesbrough game uh, I don't know if anybody saw any of the highlights of that but some great stuff uh, there well respected I do will always remember him for that Sun article though with the turnip head <laughs> Just, yeah. and he, he, I'm sure he wouldn't mind me laughing at that but that was a He'll always be known as Turnipid for we'll me. We'll try and dig that out and share that on the, uh, on the Facebook page because that's, uh, that's a really good read. But that was, yeah, it was a, a sad day for uh, not just English football but European football really. Obviously he was the English national team manager as well and uh, really respected throughout the game. So that was a yeah, sad week for, uh, for football overall. Um, anything to add on Graham Taylor, Abbas? We'll be missed. When does the um, having two games in a, in, a, in a week start coming back? Because obviously I'm quite enjoying Tottenham having one game a week at the it's moment. Mid-Feb. At yeah. February 23rd. Is, is it? No, it's the home is game. Home? We've got the away game first. So it'd be the week, week before. Because the fourth round's end of Jan, isn't it? That's a weekend game, mm, isn't yeah. it? 28th. So we've got Liverpool, is it the 11th, I think? 
something like that. Something. It's not. It's not too far away. That Liverpool. Yeah, game. I think is it's it? Liverpool. Then I think it's again. So is it? So obviously City. And who who do we have after? Is it Borough? Borough and Sunderland on like oh, Tuesday yeah. night. Oh yeah. So yeah, no, it's uh, Sunderland after City, and then Borough, and then Liverpool way. Really I easy. think. We've got the making, cup as well. We well Liverpool, Liverpool's followed by Arsenal as well, wasn't it? So there's mm. a couple of really important games in the uh, on the horizon. And a lot of the other top teams as well have got tw- two games a week now. Because well, there's a lot of... The Liverpool have left the cup replay. They've got the semi-final second leg coming up. So I think most teams are going to start... You're going to start seeing who's got the strong squads now. I think that's going to come into play a lot more because... If you look at Liverpool, they they look great, but you take maybe one or two key players out, and they're maybe not quite as strong. I was going to say, I wonder if Mane's back for our game. I couldn't work it out. He probably will be, wouldn't he? I don't after. know when. When does the Afcon and I'm not sure. Ho- it depends ho- how far they get. Hopefully, hopefully they go go and lift a trophy. Who do you pay for? Senegal. Yeah. Come on, Senegal. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Next week, you can bring a African Cup of Nations feature, and you can give us a roundup of Africa, play, players happened? and team to watch. Yeah. Oh, okay. Be- well, do you want to do it now? Nah, um, no. let them paper upstairs. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, any more to add? No, that's quite, quite enough. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> this side of the room, anything else, anything else to add, talk about? Just nice being so positive, isn't it? And I don't think there's been a negative word to say amongst us this, this pod. So. Which is hard to believe with you back on it as yeah, well, isn't it? Especially about sitting opposite Abbas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's just his hair, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> If we've got nothing more to add, um, whatever happens at the weekend, remember, future's bright, future's lily white, come on new Spurs. His knees have gone all trembly and a tim requires assembly. Danny Montower, local boy Ledley King, Greavesy scoring everything. Glenn Hoddle, Chrissy Waddle, Lee Young Pyo. Casey Keller, USA, Woodgate is not fit to play. Tramatini, Kudachini, Freddie Canute, Gary Mabbitt in Chilin, Sergi Rebra for the win. Run for me, Nick on me, 4 3 Stout Terry. Heroes in white and blue. We've all loved you since 1882. Even when I'm feeling grey, despite the tears and pain, I go to White Hart Lane. Lineker playing fair, Modric here, there, everywhere. Pat Jennings, luscious hair, Super Vertonghen. Avliyachenko, number nine, Naim from the halfway line. Villas running 81, under Twin Towers. Harry Redknapp steals on wheels Legend Steve Perryman MBE Hugo Loris clean sheet Born at Stefan Dalmatty I'm playing at White Hart Lane Nicola Bertie Heroes in white and blue This one's for Billy Nick His football did the trick He showed the world what Spurs could do The League and Cup we won in 1961 Aaron Lennon's long green shoes Gareth Bailey used to lose Alan Hutton wheel knew his passport said Spain Berbatov turn and strop Hartsey saving from the spot Beat Chelsea at Wembley we lifted the League Cup Maradona is a spur We're the football connoisseurs Chaz and Dave's Cockney raves Chirpy the cockerel Mendes shoots from halfway. Carol Pumbling the same. Clattenburg doesn't, doesn't give the goal. Abizela's work of art. Tricky Rafa van der Vaart. He's got no head, we don't care. Martin Martin Yo. Lily White's from White Hart Lane. Red so Ziegler sounded just like Ziegler. Getting to the grounds of pain. Getting nasty blisters down the Seven Sisters Teddy and to equalise Ginger Pele in disguise People speak of the technique that Jason Dozel acts Jamie Redknapp on TV We love Alan Mullery Raziak, don't come back Andersimovich Crenshaw substitution Tom Hardlister's distribution Jermaine Defoe, he's Cisco He's linguistic skills 
Scott Parker could not try harder. Danny Rose is 30 yarder. Darren Bent's headed wide. Sandra could have scored that. in blue and white. We sold Sakura and we dropped Samora. Spurs make my dark days bright. But it makes me sad the Steagle was so bad. Robbie Keane in the box. Edgar David. Dreadlocks. Palacio. Stripey socks. Everson hat trick. Dave Mackay picking fights. European glory nights. Terry Dyson go on my son. Cliff Jones on the wing. Dean Richards, John White, legendary Lily White. How dare I Two dare is to do. Clive Allen, Paul Allen, Joe Allen, Les Allen, Rory Allen, Russell Allen, Alan Gilsey. Lily White from White on Kazuyuki Soda, Bentley's free kick over. We treat Judas with disdain. His transfer was a farce, so shove him up your ass. And Liam Walker's page to go. Gus Poirier, free kick Gomez made super saves, he can shake my wife. Edrington loved the cookies. Andy Reid loved the cookies. Star Wars music and some Wookiees right before the game. Heroes in blue and white. When I feel depressed, in got Janola undressed. Point won't give up the fight. Bullfox never quits, you can be sure of it. Robinson's long shot, AVB's deep squat, David Howe's on the prowl in the FA Cup. Andy Sinton's England call, Michael Brown starts a brawl, Peter Crouch eight foot tall, Jurgen Klinsmann's dive. Arsene Wenger's dodgy vision, Howard Webb's bad decisions, Raman Vega playing Sega, Sandro's kung fu kick. Eric Torsten looking swell Espen Barson Leonard and Smith and Shivers bound to score Give me more and more and more Heroes in white and blue We like to win in style We've done it for a while It's better to rain very high Then our football story will echo with glory Lily White's from White Hart Lane If the budget allows The anchor will be ours Thanks Dave Henson 44 if he were here, we'd buy the boy a beer Heroes in white and blue This one's for Billy Nick, his football did the trick He showed the world what's best to do The Leaving Cup we won in 1961 Heroes in white and blue We've all loved you since 1882 Even when I'm feeling grey Despite the tears and pain, I go to White Hart Lane Heroes in white and blue We like to win in style We've done it for a while It's better to aim playing high Then our football story will echo